This is season five, episode five of Beyond the Illusion. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we have a conversation with a talented musician named Haley Harkin. In this conversation, Haley shares with us how she was able to find a way to share her musical gifts with the world. Like any path in life, it was filled with challenges and still continues to challenge her in many ways. She has a unique take on music, healing, energy, and other topics, but what I found especially unique about Haley is the particular set and setting in which she occasionally shares her music with others. Once you listen to the conversation, you'll know what I'm talking about. So let's go to that conversation with Haley Harkin, Tiana Roser, and myself, Tim Howe. And leaves Austin, yeah. 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 <laughs> so tell us about um, your musical journey. I'm curious about your musical journey and how that intertwines with your own spiritual path. Yeah, so I'd always been inclined to music. Since a child, I would sing. My mom and grandfather are both musicians in their own way as well. So I was exposed to a lot of music just growing up and would sing a lot of karaoke and things like that. But I remember like knowing that I wasn't a songwriter. Or that's what I thought anyway. Uh, like as a child being like having that uh, awareness being like, I'm going to have to sing other people's songs <laughs> if I ever want to do this. And yeah, then I had a lot of fear. I was in choir and things in middle school and I had wanted to play the guitar for a long time. And finally, when I was a sophomore, I believe in high school, there was a guitar class. So I was able to take lessons in school but somewhere in there a lot of fear and just insecurity came up and I wasn't able to share music at all like in front of other people not even like I said I didn't write my own songs so not even playing other people's songs or even just being heard playing the guitar like no one would was allowed to be home like I didn't want to be heard so yeah I didn't really think it was an option for me I ended up um, going to cosmetology school then something in me started to kind of awaken that I wanted to do more than that. And I ended up taking a songwriting class with the local company in Austin called Girl Guitar. And I took some theory classes from them. And at this time also I stopped. So the correlation to like my own inner world is at that time I stopped drinking and I had like abused alcohol heavily for quite a while from a young age and started reading you know, the spiritual books, the four agreements was the one that I really first read and the alchemist. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I just started to awaken from there. Then later I found plant medicine. That is when I started to write my first songs. Very shortly after that, I stopped doing hair within a year. The universe, like I literally got fired from my job, like out of nowhere. And the universe like, no, nope, this is what you're supposed to do. And so I started calling myself musician after that. And yeah, that was about five years ago. And since then, I've I've released two albums. I'm about to release another album, a few singles. So you've completely overcome, I guess, the fear of of performing in front of others then through this, you know, recent part of your journey, I guess. Yeah, very slowly. It definitely didn't just go away. I remember I sat with plant medicine and then my second retreat in Brazil, I was asked to play. 
And at that time, I only had maybe three or four songs of my own. So I had a little songbook I printed out of other people's. But playing, yeah, I messed up so much. I like would laugh and yeah, just it was so hard <laughs> to really like step like it was something I wanted. But at the same time, the fear was like debilitating shaking sweating shaky voice like nothing like how i sound now i really had to like purge it out of my physical body in front of other people so then in my everyday life like without any other substances or medicines i would go to open mics and still would have to go through the same like nervous system symptoms coming out after doing that for a few years and then playing a lot in ceremonies I mean, a lot of it dissipated, but there was so much growth in like being witnessed in it as well from like a loving community who reflected back the goodness in me and like the beauty that I had to share. And then now I would say it's pretty non-existent. The last like big show I had was in Austin at the Townsend. It was my album release party a few years back and the fear came up out of nowhere and it was like a sold out show and I was really caught off guard by it. <laughs> But I was just like, okay, this is happening. You know, I guess we're just going to be with it. And that's really the only way. Yeah, I would think that, you know, tools that we learn on the spiritual path would really help you with that. Because, you know, part of it is embracing our emotions and loving our shadow aspect. And like you said, you know, this like purging of this old you know, limiting beliefs and so forth. And maybe if you're open to the idea of past lives, like stuff that, you know, karmic stuff that you might've brought in from other lifetimes that was holding you back from being your authentic self, you know, that you came in to shine this light, to radiate as your true self, but you had to go, you know, it's the, it's the hero's journey that we all go through. Like that's why the al- when you said the alchemist, I thought, yes, because all of us, our lives are the alchemist, right? And it's like going out into the world and facing these things to find out who you are and come home to your true self. So that's beautiful that you've done that through music. And I feel like the, you know, you said that you were kind of like, trying that out in these ayahuasca ceremonies at the first times that you were performing. And yeah, what a beautiful place to do that where people are going there to learn love and acceptance. And it's like an honoring sacred space where it's okay to make mistakes and so forth. So that's really cool. I'm curious to hear more about that, what it's like to be singing in these ceremonies. Like, is it, do you sort of like feel the end because you know each time you have these ceremonies different souls come together and there's different energy even just the you know the one time that I did ayahuasca it was over two nights and the two nights the energies of the two nights were very different and I thought oh I bet you every ceremony is very different as far as what collectively is being stirred and coming up and so as the singer in that are you sort of like reading the room or do you kind of already come in with like a set playlist how does that work because I didn't you know I definitely did feel the power of the I think they're called Icaros the prayer songs it was very hypnotic in a way in the way that it kind of wove the energy but yeah I'm curious to hear from your side how that works yeah I would say my teacher always said that yeah it's like every night every ceremony like a weekend is all unique because of all of our energetic things that we're bringing all of our trauma our history and then all the stars like everything matters like the seen and unseen that all is a it will never be that way again it's that's how it is and the next group it's going to be completely different it could be very similar 
but there's so much beyond like the veil that contributes to that like strength of medicine all all of those things yeah it's not a set playlist for sure (laughs) Um, (laughs) it is all and that's something I struggled with in the beginning when I'd be asked to play I was still like would go through a lot of story you're like when are they gonna ask me to play kind of things like that and um now it's not that way anymore I really just have my own process and like I trust when I'm asked to play that I'll say yes or I'll say no and that I'll know what to play but in in the beginning it was definitely more like I had to learn to trust myself and I'm still learning how to trust myself in many aspects of my life but now I just know what song to play I just kind of listen and then I'll look through sometimes I know the song immediately sometimes I need to kind of look through and then whatever one gravitates um towards me that I know that's the one to play or some like it could be that I know what that song brings energetically or like what's needed in the room to kind of move. Are you participating in the ceremonies or are you just there to play the music? Yes, I am participating. Oh yeah. wow. So so you're 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 taking the medicine and you're also playing music and you're able yes. to do that. Yes. Wow. Does that help you? Does it, you know, open you? Do you feel like the way that you sing or play in the ceremony might be different from the way you do like out and about around town because of the medicine and how it might impact you in a creative spiritual way? Um, yes and no, I would say. So at the very first you know, year and a half, two years, it was difficult to play, <laughs> especially when it was strong and, you know, you're looking at your hands and they're your hands, but they're <laughs> not, you know, it's uh, cosmic. And so, uh, but I've gotten used to that and also just trusting the medicine because I've been working with her for five years and I've done a lot of ceremonies in that time. Uh, so it's very familiar to me. Like I said, it is and it isn't. Sometimes the mind can try and like sneak in a little bit, but for the most part, she completely takes over. So, and it took me a couple years to get to that point of allowing her to take over because you're having to let go of control and like let a, and it's the same just in the ceremony, right? Just in, when you're in your process, having to learn how to surrender. And there are many, many like dimensions to ayahuasca that have unfolded for me, just like it's night and day from the very, very first couple ceremonies to what it is now, because I'm, my resistance is gone and I trust and it's like, oh, here we go. You know, so it's the same, it applies the same in playing music. It's trusting that, I'm going to know what to do, kind of like, basically, she's she comes through and I'm just watching it happen. Like if I'm really in flow, that's what happens is I'm out here being the witness, just watching everything happen. It's really beautiful and profound. And I would say she and my mentor have had a huge impact on my music because how you're saying, like, do I play different outside? No, I don't. And I actually only choose gatherings or where I'm going to share my music in a mindful setting in a ceremonial context, not with plant medicine per se. It could be cacao or a yoga Mm -hmm. session because I don't want them to be different. It's the same. It doesn't have to be different. And it's just about creating the container to allow people to get in a state of receiving the music and actually being present to the music. So she kind of comes through. And then what happens is that there is a, I, I call it like a storage bank and she opens that for me each time it gets bigger and bigger and it's like the possibilities. So if I think of like, we'll just say Jimi Hendrix, for example, cause we know he did a lot of acid or whatever, like, <laughs> like that is possible without that. But she 
opens that for me, like my creative potential. And then it's always available after that. It doesn't mean my mind won't get in the way, but it's always available. And each time it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I can draw from it, not on medicine. Yeah, I feel like a lot of artists are actually, you know, what you're talking about to me is like channeling, you know, and I'm like channeling messages from my spirit guide or whatnot. And you're channeling from the divine as well. Just, you know, the different expressions, even though we have this term channeling for like bringing specific messages. But I feel like a lot of artists in any kind of medium, whether it's music or whether, you know, they paint or, or whatnot, I think a lot of them are divinely inspired. It is the conduit for allowing, you know, where do these ideas come from? Or where does this energy or where does this expression come from? And I love that you are very mindful and thoughtful about the container and where you choose to express it. That's really beautiful. And I like a lot of the things that you said about surrender and trust the process. And this is exactly as a hypnotherapist, as a Reiki master, that's what I had to learn in my journey as well, that it's not me doing it. <laughs> I, that, you know, I'm, it's much better when I, I'm really actually also just kind of holding a container and, and being a pure conduit and just trust and know that the right thing, the right words will come out of my mouth or the right energy will flow through me. And the better that I've gotten at surrendering over the years, you know, the better my sessions go. And so I feel like no matter what we do, you know, you could be a day trader or anything and you can tap into that energy and it will help you in whatever kind of work you do. Exactly. And I think y'all asked about like how much to like, is it hard, you know, with the medicine stuff? And I would say there's like a fine line for sure, but at a certain point, you're more of a channel. The medicine is teaching you how to empty yourself to be a channel or is teaching you like how to be like, what is being. And then you remember it on like a physical cellular energetic level. And then in your everyday life, it's there. So it's just kind of learning, you know, it's a balance. And sometimes when it's super strong, it's just like, it could be harder because to let go because it's just this next level of learning how to trust and yeah, surrender. (laughs) So earlier when you were saying that you were mentioning she, are you speaking about uh, mother ayahuasca? Are you speaking about your higher self? Yes. In that moment, I'm speaking about ayahuasca. Okay. To me, if a feminine energy, but to me, like it's kind of, it's all the same. Like I've had this conversation with like my partner, close people, like, is it the medicine? Is it us? Is it the divine? It, it's all of it, right? It's yeah. just like, it's we're all the same. So whatever you want to call it, but I think it doesn't really matter at the same time. Yeah, that's true. I think people get caught up on the, the exact terminology. And I think, you know, since you mentioned earlier, you know, we are behind a veil, like having exact terminology doesn't even really make sense, you know, like, we just should just understand that everything is is one, you know, and, and just try to go from there. Yeah, and I love how this whole process of you learning to step into your musical abilities was like also in a way like your spiritual journey too. It seemed like along that path, a lot of healing happened for you. And you even say in on your website that, you know, your music is healing. Do you feel like that's a big part of you know this this journey for you and and why you do music oh yes yes like since i started sharing music 
pub, you know, publicly or just in a uh, community at first, I'm a completely different person because it has been so healing for me because so many parts of my shadow or uh, limiting beliefs, like all of that ha- has had to come up and come out. Yeah. I mean, like I said, from a child, I literally thought I wasn't a songwriter. Like I told myself that and it, like I am right. And I don't, I say it's like receiving a song because that's basically what's happening. It just appears and then it's it's there. So it's been healing to express myself because we were talking about like past lives earlier. I also think like a lot to do with the throat chakra, speaking my truth, like what is real for me. Most of my family and stuff, I don't, you know, we're not on like the same page. And so it's been a lot for me to be like, no, I'm taking this path that you call unconventional or whatever and that feels good to me. I'm seen by other people and they validate that for me. It's helped me trust myself just to learn how to express myself and ceremony a lot. I do a lot of improving where, you know, it's just flowing through sound. You know, it could be like what we call like weird sounds, but it is just pure creativity coming through. And it's so freeing. Like when I'm done, I have a huge smile on my face because it's just so liberating to let that energy come through and like everyone's on like they're all dancing like it's nothing it's just like love at that point so yeah it's definitely healed me just made me trust myself more like think better of myself all the reflections people have given to me and also the songs themselves are messages for me like first and foremost that's something I've been really concentrating on the past three to six months a dear friend of mine told me like listen to your songs and I was having like a really hard time in a ceremony and I was like oh yeah like I should do that you know because sometimes it's easy to forget but you know they are there for me first and sometimes it doesn't like come into my awareness maybe till a year later like sometimes right then but the message really sinks in sometimes a lot later it was like ahead of my um, realizing what it was at that time so if I were to like look at your lyrics and your songwriting in like chronological order, it would like tell me all about your journey and about you and who you are. And yeah, I love that. I mean, that does take so much vulnerability to be able to put that out in the world. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts about my job is like how people open themselves and be vulnerable. And then we connect on a really deep level. And so when you are singing and expressing things that you've written that are like very, you know, showing who you are, then it opens people up in that same way to kind of put down their guard and connect even without, maybe it's just even, yeah, I kind of want to talk about the energy. I was going to say, maybe it's even just kind of like energetically woven into the songs that you write as you put your energy there. I've thought about that a lot as far as musicians, like some of them, you know, because like there's some musicians, they're not necessarily like technically the best, but they they touch people and people love them. And I, I feel like it's they're they're transmitting a vibration because they're like like really heart centered and they're they're expressing that. And so, yeah, what are your thoughts about the energetic aspect of of what you are sharing or transmitting when you are performing or share performing or sharing your music? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because I think when I think of music and how it's so powerful is because it's words, but it's not like staccato, like how we're kind of speaking, like it is fluid, it's moving, right? Like if you just look at the vibration versus speaking, it's more like a wave versus speaking is like up, down, up, down, up, down. And so I think 
yeah, lyrics don't really even matter to an extent. It's what's behind that. And that's what I've kind of realized. My lyrics, I mean, it depends. I would say they're mostly like, it's pretty easy to say what I'm talking, like know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's more subliminal and I don't even know what it's about. But on an energetic level, some songs are a lot, I don't share them as often because they're more vulnerable, which is what I'm realizing. I've been realizing because I'm recording this new album and they're very, very personal songs. And they're ones that some are ones I don't play much. And it's because they are very like, here's my stuff. Look at it. You know, there's not always a set and setting for that. Even in ceremony, it's like, do I want to take the whole room there right now? I'm not sure, you know, like I just kind of know there's a moment for those songs and it's not always. So I definitely think there is an energy behind them, even if we are consciously aware of it or not, people can feel it. Even songs I've listened to for like 10 years and just now really realizing what they're saying. I don't know if you've had that experience, but it's like, you like the song, you were singing along, but then it kind of sits in like a lot of my favorite artists are all talking about love, but I didn't realize it for like a really long time. And it's like, <laughs> that's why I liked it is because they're putting out this positive message. And yeah, I think a lot of people sing along to a lot of things and don't really realize it, what they're saying, you know, in a positive or negative context as well. And yeah, just music is super powerful because I think it's, it programs on a subconscious level vibrationally, but also by the words we're singing as well. Oh, yeah, totally. It's funny that you're saying like about earlier how uh, words are like, you know, like chop, 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 kind of if you look at them, like, because that's what I do. When I edit the podcast, I look at how the words come out of people like you can see the signature, the vibration signature, because it shows them visually. And I can even like spot I've done it so many times now I can spot where there's an um or an awe. Cause I'm going to take it out, you know, and I, I, I can identify it. But when I look at music, cause then I pull in the music to do the intro and the music is, it, it, you're like, you're saying like, it's almost symmetrical and it's just like a big wave and it looks really nice. And it's amazing that you can see that you can actually see it. But the other thing is, you know, you're saying like, you know, songs that you used to listen to, you didn't really know what they were even talking about until later you come back as maybe even as an adult and you hear them and you understand like, oh, that's why I like that song. And it's funny that you brought that up because, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up in Wyoming. Okay. So set that as your backdrop. Um, I'm in Wyoming and, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's a little different than when you're in a city, you know, it's a little more closed off and people's um, mentalities is a little different. So I came across somehow, I think it was my uncle, he showed me Prince, you know, as a kid and no one listened to Prince in Wyoming, like literally nobody, <laughs> like he probably <laughs> the only person that had a Prince tape. <laughs> and I, I, I loved it like instantly. And I was, I remember I was like seven or eight years old and it, it was Prince. Like I was all about Prince from that moment on. And, you know, it was weird. It was almost like when I went to school, like I had to kind of hide that because I didn't want people to make fun of me because, you know, I was being different. You know, I didn't, I didn't listen to what they listened to. And I remember feeling kind of ashamed about liking Prince. And <laughs> so as I got older, you know, I realized like, Hey, that's actually pretty cool. You know, that I was a little different and I, and I like that, but it's funny that I go back to the songs and they were like, some of them were like really sexual, you know? So it was odd for me to, <laughs> to, to like it at that age. I could understand that, but it was like the sound of it, you know, that I liked. And, and also, yeah, some of his songs really were about love and about, you know, positivity and beauty. 
So it's it's funny that you just kind of like triggered that memory for me. Tim, you're telling us a lot about your inner psyche right now. <laughs> All yeah. making sense to me. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah. No, I I know for me, like sometimes there's music that I like, but I don't like the lyrics, you know, and, and I'm singing it along and I'm like, I'm thinking as a hypnotherapist, like, hey, I don't want to be repeating that message. You know what I mean? I, I'm not thinking of a specific song, but like something that might be singing it. And they're like, I hate myself or something. I'm like, oh, wait, I don't want to sing along to to those words. Yeah, it's really nice when you can. And then some so like spiritual consciousness music. Sometimes I don't like the music. I like the lyrics, but I'm like, this isn't really my style. It's kind of sappy and I'm not really into it. And it's, it's nice when you can find where you like both the music and the lyrics. And yeah, I didn't, you know, just the same way that like jingles from, you know, from my childhood, I can sing, you know, word for word, a lot of commercials. They're just stuck in my brain. And I realized like, oh, wait, that's a message that I've been telling myself years and years. That sometimes I'm just singing to myself some, you know, commercial for something. It's a lot of times for myself, I just, those tunes are stuck in my head, but I create my own lyrics to it to just not be stuck to the same commercial message. But yeah, so I think there's like such an art to be able to take, you know, to create powerful music or beautiful music, but also with lyrics that are meaningful. And so, yeah, my hat's off to you about that. Um, I did want to ask back. So I'm an energy healer, so I'm going back to energy. (laughs) Because I notice, so as a hypnotherapist, I use my voice in different ways, right? To guide people, to get them to relax. And so I'm changing like the pacing or the tonality or whatnot. And I started to notice some years ago how with some clients, clients that were like really closed off, that when I started to try to guide them into hypnosis, I would get choked up or I would feel my throat chakra stuck or I would feel my heart chakra. So my tone was small or stifled and I would like be doing work on myself. And as I work on myself, I can feel like energy transferring through my words when I'm guiding somebody so that it's kind of sometimes my clients will tell me that was that the hypnosis session felt like a Reiki session or something because I'm transferring, not intending to, but it's happening. And so my sound is different depending on my energy. And so I was wondering that about yourself, if you've noticed over the years, you know, as you're continuing to heal and work on yourself, has your sound changed or I don't know what the terminology for singers, but like, you know, do you see like uh, an evolution of your sound as your energy is shifting or vibration is shifting? Oh, yes. And a lot of people that I, it's like the same community. A lot of people sit together, have been sitting together since I very first started sharing music and they're like, you're a prodigy. How does this, how is this happening? Like it's night and day literally. And even I just sat with someone and they were saying like, we hadn't sat together in a couple of years and, how much my voice has matured and just like, yeah, my creative expression, like really, I don't put myself in a box. I definitely like, I listen to a lot of like medicine music, but also other genres and stuff. So sometimes that will kind of translate whatever I'm listening to a lot, like, you know, more like reggae or something. And sometimes I make a song that's a little more like that. So I don't, I'm not like, I'm this, so that's it. You know, it's like whatever wants to come through. 
um, but just my creativity in general and yeah, like not being afraid to try different things to really just be in flow. I mean, that's my ultimate goal. It doesn't happen every time. With medicine, it pretty much happens every time, but um, you know, in my everyday life, yeah. So I definitely think there is a correlation, just being free in- internally, because if I'm not free internally, how can my music be free? Even if you look at artists, you know, have been who are very famous now that are like in their six, 60s, you watch their music and even like sometimes spiritual growth will come out in artists like that. I've seen that a lot happening now where music, I just feel like there are more messages of positivity, love, like bringing each other up. Mm-hmm. And that like, wasn't always the case for that artist and not that it's wrong or anything. Maybe they just want to sing about it now. Maybe they've always felt that way, but I definitely think they go hand in hand even like Tom Petty, I just saw his documentary and his album Wildflowers that he created when he was 40 was his most vulnerable uh, album. And he was saying he had just started going to therapy for the first time in his life. And it was translating to all of his music, that it was the most personal that he had ever been before. And you can, I mean, that was like his most, you know, um, successful album. So then when, you know, when it's so personal like that, then if, if you have your critics, then it would be, I don't know, I would think that would be hard not to take that really, really personally, as it's like you on a plate and someone's like, oh, I don't like that or something. Do you have, have you had to kind of deal with that or in the medicine circles, do you not really have to deal with that? It still comes up. Like if there's a song or I'm, the only way to describe it is that I'm like maybe pushing my creative boundary like it's a little different the song and like I don't know what that means but I just know kind of internally how it feels it's like it's a little different to play or I tend to pick time signatures or change time signatures like there are no rules for me it just comes out how it comes out and so when the songs are like that I can feel a little more vulnerable because they're just kind of like not by the book and I've never done it like that that's the best way I can put it in like language terms it's like it's not like a one four five chord or whatever that's like your pop progression it's a little more interesting a little more risky is what it feels like so it definitely still comes up um like I just played a new song in the last ceremony I was at and I felt nervous even though I like the song something about it makes me feel a little unsure of myself when I play it but then a great friend of mine was like, I love that song that you sang. So it's like, okay, is it just a story? Sometimes it's trying to figure out, is it just a story or is it real? I think that just comes with time on like learning to trust myself. Maybe it is real, but if I like the song, isn't that all that matters? I would hope that that's all that matters, but like because of society and like what people think good music is and stuff, there's all of that just on the collective scale as well. And so I'm not going by that book, but it's still there somewhere in the awareness yeah i always thought that would be kind of the the most the, i guess the weirdest part about being a musician is you know you the, you probably have your favorite songs like the, the songs that you really like and then that's not going to be everybody's favorite and then some of the songs that you probably don't care for that much other people like really like them you know because i remember you know the guy who does the music for our podcast he he made this one song and I just love it. Like it's my favorite song of his of all time. And he like, is like, uh, I don't really like that song. He didn't even like it. He wasn't even going to show it to me. <laughs> so I always thought that would be kind of weird about being a musician is, is, you know, you never know what someone else is going to like, you know, and it may not be what you like. So, and to not hold back because of that. And I like to ask, especially like people that I'm close with or even not close with, if they tell me what their favorite song of mine is, I ask why, because I'm curious mm. And when I was watching Tom Petty's documentary, I was talking to my partner, like, 
what makes people like the music? I don't know, right? And it's, it, there is no formula, but I'm just curious, like the songs that people like of mine the most, like why, what about them? What is it? Is it, and I think catchy is like pretty common just on a mainstream level as people can sing along. It's easy to learn. It's normally not complex chords. It's very pleasing to the ear. It doesn't, there's not a lot of like dissonance, but I do like to know, especially the songs that I'm not that confident in or have self doubt about, like, why do you like it? Like, what does it bring up for you? Or like, what part do you like about it? Cause I'm just super curious because yeah, as a listener of many artists, it's like most of the songs I like of other people's actually aren't their most popular per se. And I don't know why I like them. Right. It just resonates. Sometimes I hear a song one time and I'm like, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like finding the balance of if you are, I don't know if there's, a, I've, I don't know if there's a different word that you want to use for, you know, cause I, I, I think performing, but then performing in this context sounds weird to say. Um, I, so I keep saying now sharing your music when you're I sharing. Say sharing. Your, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I like that. So when you're sharing your music in, you know, this kind of a setting, you're doing it for them, but then also there's a part of you that wants to express and we're, you know, there's a dance there of finding the balance between what you want to express or what is needed or what they want. I mean, more so than like, yeah, I think of like, I've thought of this about like going to a regular concert and you're like, oh, this is everyone's favorite song, but this musician has moved on from, you know, that's like right. five years ago or whatever, but they still have to play it because the crowd pleaser, but you know, it's, it's a little different than that because of the intention behind a ceremony, but it's still some of that, right? Like that balance between what they want and what you'd like and where, where do those meet? Totally. There's a song called Mountain Song that I released a couple of years ago. That's one of my most popular songs. And it was actually inspired by our first visit to Rocky Mountain National Park, which is where I'm basically living now. And it came through right when we drove in. And I remember sharing it at the end of a ceremony. I just shared one song. And it was brand new. I didn't think anything about it. Like, it's special, nothing like that. And people were like blown away. <laughs> I was like, what is it? I don't know. Anyways, that then that became, and it's a little more upbeat and stuff and engaging where there's like a lot of improv, improv at the end where people can join along and do their own version. So people always would ask me to play that after. And I was like, huh, like I'm not, you know, like a big famous person who's played thousands of shows where they're, you know, it's a little bit different. But even then I was kind of like, huh, yeah. Am, am I ever going to make a song better than Mountain Song? People? <laughs> like that was a serious doubt, you know, and I was like, I don't even it just flowed right through. I did. There, there wasn't a formula. I didn't try and make it appealing. Like that's not how I approach music. And I think since then, I definitely have made songs that people like more. But I think there's nothing wrong with them liking it there's something playful and lighthearted that they like and not everyone wants to like go cry all the time when they're listening to a song <laughs> and really like go into the depths of themselves so it's nice to have like a balance of the lighthearted things but that kind of passed and since then I feel like I have other songs that people request so I never got tired of it it was just kind of like a huh why and am I ever going to make something better because <laughs> yeah. you have a doubt you know mm -hmm. that like oh, great. Now I have this expectation. And I'm sure many famous people deal with this all the time. It's like their one song has 10 million listens. It will probably forever be their most popular song. 
I don't want that to happen. <laughs> you hear that with artists, you know, whether it's like a writer or a musician or, you know, and then and then they put something out that's really well loved. And then there is that kind of like, oh, how can I live up to that now? The expectations and all of that, which, of course, is beautiful as far as the spiritual journey opportunity again to kind of look at ourselves and overcome people pleasing or fear and doubt or all of these things. And we talk a lot about music from how it's healed you and from your perspective. But like, what about people who who don't have a musical tune, you know, the note in their body or whatever? And like, how, you know, do you feel like music is a universal healer, you know, for people who aren't going to necessarily be musicians, but like how anyone can heal through hearing and receiving the music? Or what would you say, like, we're talking about music being the bridge to spirit like I don't know what you'd like to say about that yeah I would say that music I feel like is the most healing healing thing in the world like and that is why it, like some people say they don't like music I'm like hmm I'm not sure about you <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. but I, I think and what I, I've thought of that I think it's not bad maybe they're resisting something and I honestly did that for a long time my partner would show me all these artists like after we started doing the medicine and I had so much resistance to them I don't know why they were amazing. And then finally, like two years later, I love them. But it's like I wasn't allowing the healing that they were going to bring into my life to come in. I wasn't ready. And I like he talks about it all the time. because He thinks it's hilarious. And now they're like my favorite groups that I admire and look up to. But I was like, mm, no, like was just kind of bitter about them. But I think they were going to heal and impact my life so much that I wasn't ready to accept that and to like go to my next level on an internal in outer level. So I think music is healing regardless. And that's like why people go to shows, even if they've like have awakened to that they're more than their body and things like that. It's still doing something. Just how I feel like nature is the same thing. People like it. They might not know why they haven't made the correlation yet, but we still go to the things because we're getting something out of it on like a subconscious level. One of the things I'm passionate about is that we're all creatives. Like everything is creation, right? Just like everything you know nature cars that's like a form of art all of it is a creation and life is just continually creating and so what I like to teach people because I've gone through it in my own uh, personal experience even though I did want to be a musician and like yeah not a performer but that I want to like support myself off of my art that fulfills me and that brings me a lot of joy but that we're all creative and it's normally even if you don't like want to be an artist is that if you think back to indigenous times and even still that is existing, like in indigenous cultures, that what they do as like ceremony is sing songs together. I would say they don't think of themselves as musicians. They're just singing songs like as a prayer, as manifestation, all the things like as expression of love, community connection. And so I think that's something that's really lost in our times now is people don't do that. We don't sing together. Or the number one thing is I'm not a singer. I don't sound good. Right. But that's not what it's about. It's about something much more than that. And even as an artist, it's about something much more. It's not about me just singing and that maybe I have a good voice or whatever. It's yeah, it's like a blueprint that's like being put out into the universe and is like creating things. You know, I mean, I felt it in my own life. It's how you were saying about the jingles, like that you didn't want to be saying that because it's your programming. That's what's happening. And so it's to be really mindful of what we're singing, speaking, taking in. It's all programming to our beliefs and what we want to like our reality to look like. So I like to teach people on how to break 
down those like limiting constructs of that you're not creative without the goal to be anything that you are creative because you are a creation and there is no separation and it's about freeing yourself and having freedom to express yourself not with an end result but just simply down to speaking your truth and those can be a lot of um like creativity and speaking your truth i feel like are intertwined a lot and the blocks um the limiting beliefs or being like having fear maybe because growing up you spoke your truth and it got you in trouble or you were told that that's not true and then you don't believe yourself anymore I, I go through a lot of that and trusting myself as I wasn't like that wasn't nurtured growing up like learning to trust myself so now I'm like I don't trust myself <laughs> and really having to learn that so in Austin we would do like little circles and use vocal play and like um create songs just off our body like making sounds or with our mouth or just clapping and things like that and showing that it's about having fun. And even in ceremony, like if you don't consider yourself a musician, pick up the shaker. Like once you let go of the mind and just surrender to participating, there's so much beauty and joy and fun and love and expansion in that without labeling yourself as a musician. It's about community. And like I said, something much bigger that's been happening since the beginning of time. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a fantastic answer. I agree with you 100% that you know we all are creators i mean that's that's our nature that's that is just what we are um you can see it like i reminded me of when you know my kid was little and you know it's just naturally what kids want to do like they just want to make stuff and they want to do things and make things happen and it just all comes out of them just freely because they're not inhibited you know like adults are and so yeah, it is a beautiful thing. And it's definitely something we lost, like you said, this whole like idea of community coming together and, and just, you know, allowing ourselves to be with one another and create. It, it reminded me of when um, this past summer, I actually went back to Wyoming, I took a trip. It's a long story. But anyway, I, I ended up at my one of my friends passed away, and he was a Native American. His whole community came together to celebrate his life and the way they do that is a lot of it the the entire thing actually is is done with music and they do their chanting and their drum ceremonies and it was one of the most moving things I'll never forget it it was just incredible and I'm, I'm glad my daughter was there to actually see that too because I don't think it's something that you know the everyday person gets to witness because you have to kind of be part of their inner circle to be a part of that and um, they just accepted me like I was one of them and it was incredible because you know the to see that they have carried these traditions for so long this music they play you know, with the drums and the chanting it's really incredible and you know it's just so ancient you know that it's the same as it's always been because they pass it down from one generation to the next and you could see it being passed down because the older people were teaching the younger ones how to do it as we were there and it was just so so amazing even there was even one part where it was during the actual funeral where they played the drums and then at the end when they closed the casket you say the final goodbye and then the the elder person of the of the um, of the tribe who does the singing, he lets out this sound that it just goes right through you. I mean, I don't even know how to. I could never do this sound, but you know, it's like this traditional Native American sound, and it's like he's saying goodbye through this sound, 
And I'm even getting choked up right now thinking about it because every person in that building just started crying at that moment because of the sound that that man made. And I'll always remember my friend and his life and how it was celebrated by all of his people in his tribe and, um, and, the, and the music that they made for him. It was just amazing. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Wow. That made me think of, you know, you're saying like sound and even him expressing that, you know, music of the spheres is a term like thinking uh, that like everything is sound and was created by a sound. Like many religions say that and like even Om. And so I think, yeah, talking about creativity, like even just that simple, like knowing that everything is sound, everything is vibration. I think more so that's what that phrase means. Like we're all just vibrating right at a really high speed. And that's like why we're solid and looking at everything in nature, it's doing the same. And so vibration is sound. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so I know you said like your music is healing. Do you you think of yourself as a healer? Because that's what it's not, you know, so like you said, everything's vibrating. And so you're emitting a vibration to work into other people's vibration to create a shift or transformation, which is the same thing that someone who would call themselves a healer does. Would you call yourself a healer or do you just call yourself a musician? I don't call myself a healer. I think everyone is a healer. I probably wouldn't use that terminology to describe myself that way. I do think I am that, but I think everyone is and it's just finding your own gift. But yeah, I can help people heal, but it's not really Haley if that makes sense. Mm, and that's like yeah. that's the biggest thing that's helped me is letting go of Haley, the story of Haley. And that has helped like reduce my fear and anxiety because it's when it's about me, then those things come up. But if it's actually not about me, which it's not, <laughs> then it's much more freeing and liberating. It's like, take over, please. You know, a lot of times I'll say like a little prayer or something before if I'm like leading a cacao ceremony or something. It just asks to be the vessel I think we're all healers, but yes, I don't think I would describe myself as that. Just like if I were a shaman, I personally don't think I would call myself a shaman. Right. (laughs) You know. (laughs) So speaking of shaman, like how did you find ayahuasca? Like how did that come into your life? Were you seeking it or did it just kind of find you or how did that go? It found me that I was seeking it. (laughs) Um, Yes. When I think it was. Yeah, 2015, maybe I heard about it. And when I was in cosmetology school, the last teacher I had, I graduated, but we were friends on Facebook and she had been going to Peru and documented her experience very publicly. That was the first time I heard about it. And then I talked to my mom and I was like, hey, mom, go read this stuff. Like, have you heard about this? And then I would say for about a year, it kept coming into my life. Like clients would talk about it. And it was not the kind of place that like ayahuasca would you would think would be talked about. And then my mom found the group through one of her yoga teachers. She sat. And then six months later, I went and sat. Oh, so That's your mom? cool. Yeah. yeah. It's not that common that you kind of share that type of a bond with the parent, you know, yeah, like to ayahuasca or things like that. So, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, we didn't sit our first time together. Like we have a great relationship now, but definitely childhood was not that way. We were already at a much better place before previously but then doing this work together i mean it's been hard and uncomfortable for sure um but really beautiful and you know we're on the same page like talking wise and that's not the same case with any of my other family members so 
that in itself, even if stuff can still be like messy sometimes is nice. I, I get to be who I am and she actually sees me for what I am and doesn't try and make me something different and just very relatable, which is really nice. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, actually, we're right at the time. So thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. I really enjoyed this conversation. And is there anywhere that people can go to find out more about you and, and your music? Yeah, my website, Spotify. I'm happy to email those links. But And you said two weeks. Yeah, from now it is possible that I'll have a single out before the episode. So if that's the case, I'll definitely send you the link. Cool. So what do they look for when they go to Spotify? Yes, it's Haley Harkin, H-A-L-E-Y Harkin, under any streaming platform. I'm under that name. Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, that was a great talk. Yeah, it was so nice chatting with (laughs) y'all. Yeah. Yeah, you're in Colorado, right? Yes. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Haley for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her wonderful gifts and knowledge with us. If you'd like to learn more about Haley and her music, you can go to her website, HaleyHarkin.com. That's spelled H-A-L-E-Y-H-A-R-K-I-N. And you can also find her on all the major streaming platforms such as Spotify, YouTube Music, and others. Just so you know, the intro song and the music playing right now are Haley's music. I've also been listening to some of her other songs, and I have to say, I love that song that's playing right now called Beauty, but that mountain song, I can see why people love that one too. Before we go, I'd like to say thank you to Tiana Roser for all the work she does to keep this podcast going. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And you can find us on social media as well. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us. This will help other people find us. Take care.